Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just think this is fundamentally wrong. This divides people. This this enables people to target abortion providers, people who give advice, people who try to help. Everything to say we are going to isolate and make life as hard as possible for those who don't have resources. But for those who have resources, just go to Massachusetts or go to New York or go to California, go somewhere else. And that's going to be the kind of division we're going to see in this country. So plenty of states have attempted, will have passed restrictive abortion laws in recent years, but the Supreme Court steps in or a bigger court steps in and shuts them down. And a lot of people thought that would happen with this new Texas heartbeat law but the supreme court did not last night they uh jumped in and six to four five to four with uh most of the conservatives that have been appointed in recent years being in the majority said hey, let's let this fly for a while joe who almost went to law school very nearly can explain why uh yeah before i get to the sure to be confusing analysis let me just say uh haven't heard from the annoying and besweatered elizabeth warren quite some time she was a constant presence on the front pages for a while. Who wants a beer? Yeah, well, she was running for president, and uh, she was. Uh, she, she looked like she might get it there for a while. So, mm. uh, so, t- so, so, what does this Texas law do? That is okay. in effect as of today the 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 most radical abortion change in a state in many many decades to actually take effect. First thing you need to know and we'll go into a little bit of detail, is the justices made absolutely no ruling on the constitutionality of the law. They didn't even go there. Wrong. Wrong. I was listening to MSNBC this morning on Morning Joe, and a female law professor said, it is clear at this point that the Supreme Court is against women's rights. Surely nobody would demagogue the issue of abortion in the Supreme Court and say things that were untrue. Here's the story. In, 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 on the one hand, it's a fairly classic fetal heartbeat law. You cannot perform an abortion after a heartbeat has been detected, which is generally around six weeks, and or it can be assumed, uh, judging by the length of time, that it would have been detected if anybody had looked at it. The really weird part of this law, and mm-hmm. Californians, you're going to say, oh, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. The weird part of the law is it doesn't grant to the state the responsibility to enforce the law and root out violations. It, in effect, deputizes the citizens to report, to, to find and then sue anybody who is performing those abortions. And if, indeed, that lawsuit is successful. The person who sued gets up to ten grand in their legal costs covered. So it's like a per pelt bounty given to the citizenry to find abortionists who are performing the procedure after a fetal heartbeat could be detected. But so you could like just know somebody who got an abortion. Yes, and you're not the father or the dad. You just right. are somebody who knows someone who got an abortion, and you could move forward with a lawsuit? And and you would sue the provider. Right. This is similar to, and, and look, everybody calm the heck down. I'm not defending abortion. I'm not saying I, I'm all I'm saying is what I'm saying. In California, the, uh, the uh, ADA, Americans with Disability Act, 
California has this weird thing called the Unruh Amendment, where it grants people the right to go around and say, your railing in your bathroom is an eighth of an inch too low. I'm suing you for your violation of the ADA. And it's it's spawned this enormous culture of extortionist lawyers who, who some give a crap about the ADA and handicapped people. Most of them are just extortionists. And they target to, you know, poor people, people who don't speak very good English, and they say, I'm going to sue you uh, unless you write me a check for uh, $5,000. Dollars, eight thousand, ten thousand, twenty, depending on the business, and uh, and and I'll go away if you do that. And the poor, terrified people, they settle, and so these guys get rich doing this. Well, before we go any further down the road of uh, what this law does, though, isn't it pretty important to point out, if I understand this correctly, the Supreme Court did not say, "Yep, we think that's a great law, five to four. We think that's a good idea, and that's the way it should be." And thank God for it. They said, "No, you didn't make your case for why to to overturn that. So try again." Well, yeah, in effect, but I was getting there. So, first of all, those laws have unintended consequences in Texas. I suggest you rethink it. But here's the interesting part, and to what Jack was talking about. The law was crafted so that it would be very difficult to challenge in court because you're not challenging the the, the authority of the government or the government's, the the state government's um, uh, enforcement abilities. Because it's crafted so that citizens go out and sue people. So it's it's complicated and weird from a legal standpoint. And what the soup said by five to four is your filings didn't really address what they called, quote, a complex and novel set of procedural questions. You did a sloppy job of going after the law, which is it is admittedly weird. Okay, um, now the liberals said the fairly predictable sorts of things. The court's order is stunning. Presented with an application Bushes, to enjoin. A- I'm sorry, Trump's handmade tale continues. That's the sort of thing that's being said on the left. Sure. Presented with an application to enjoin a flagrantly unconstitutional law engineered to prevent women from exercising their constitutional rights and evade judicial scrutiny, said Justice Sotomayor, a majority of justices have opted to bury their heads in the sand. Chief Justice Roberts joined with the liberals. Uh, But he said... The statutory scheme before the court is not only unusual, but unprecedented. The legislature has imposed a prohibition, etc., and essentially delegated enforcement of the prohibition to the populace at large. Uh, the desired consequence appears to be to insulate the state from responsibility for implementing and enforcing the regulatory regime. But he and the conservatives made clear this is absolutely not a judgment on the constitutionality or unconstitutionality of the law. This is just a legal question in the arcania, the complexity of filing a, a, um, an appeal to the Supreme Court. They, did, they didn't ask the right questions. Try again. Which is what happens a lot with Supreme Court decisions, and it gets lost among people like me because, you know, I don't actually read the opinions or understand it. But the, the, the technical reasons of Supreme Court rules on various things often get lost in the discussion. They're for abortion. They're against abortion. Well, that's not. Right. They're for gay marriage. They're against it. It's not that simple. Quite often. Yeah, um, super dumbed down. Yeah, but so I hope we get to the place, like I always say, where if we get to where most Americans are, well, this is a stupid thing to say. If we would get to where most Americans are on the subject, I think most people will be happy. Yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's a brilliant observation. <laughs> brilliant. That's well, why people tune in. You know, you know, it is stupid, but you would thought, you'd think we could get there on immigration and abortion. They're pretty clear cut. 
polling has remained pretty steady for a very long time. If you just did what most people want in both parties, these would cease to be the uh, the flashpoints that they've been for so long. Of course, that's one of the reasons the politicians keep them going, because they are fundraising uh, get-out-the-vote flashpoints. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. One more thought, and this is the way the liberal justices saw it and a lot of liberal people see it. And and I've got to admit, it's not a bad point. I'm not trying to convince you, it's, but it's a decent point. They're saying, look, majority, if you're telling us this is such a weird-ass law that, that, that it's unique and, 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 and odd and unprecedented and it's uh, we're not quite sure what to do with it and the lawyer's got to try again and all this it's a, you know it's a, it's got a, a iguana's body a sheep's head and a baboon's <laughs> red ass i mean if that's true then say you can't enforce it till we settle this till we work through it go ahead and and issue a uh, what you call it um, and and just hold off on enforcement of this law until you can look at it. That's what the minority was looking for, and and it's not a crazy argument. If this law is that weird, why don't we hold off a couple of weeks and take a good solid look at it? I get that, I get that. Uh, that yeah. wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been a crazy decision. And I've always had a problem with five four rulings. I mean, five four rulings are troubling. I mean, just one person changes their mind. You have one different justice, and it goes completely the other direction. So. Yeah, and I would say, given the uh, current constitution of the court, it's notable that it was only 5-4. So uh, they will absolutely look at this law again. It's it's a 100% certainty, I think. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll be back on it. I hope that was at least somewhat illuminating as people scream, they've uh, outlawed abortion, uh, get your hands off my body, and or finally, we have the right to life. It's neither. And then finally this, man tries to show off on first date, ends up arrested. Florida man, what? Florida man uh, drove well over 100 miles an hour on his motorcycle in a bid to escape police. Uh, He told officers he was trying to show off to his passenger. It was their first date. And uh, I really only bring this up because I did this very same thing on the first date. Well, most of the first thing, same thing with my uh, on the first date with my wife. Drove over 100 miles an hour on my motorcycle on a motorcycle ride. That's uh, just seemed like a fun thing to do at the time. I did not, though, have the police turn on their lights and then decide to run from them. Oh, boy. Uh, nor would I have. I, uh, don't, 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 but that's a good way to show off to anyone. Uh, to terrify your uh, your date. Uh, do I assume correctly that the gal pal was still on the back of the bike as oh, yeah. he was uh, yeah, evading yeah. the coppers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be uh, terrifying. Uh, the officers ultimately ended the chase after he ran several more red lights, but they finally caught up with him. He stated that he was trying to show off for his date. She wasn't wild. The female said she was screaming at him to stop, but he refused. <laughs> I'm not seeing a second date there. No, I'm, I'm not just either. not. I hate to be a pessimist. How'd your date with Jim go? Uh, he's a violent lunatic. Oh, <laughs> He seems so cute. Uh, so Joe Rogan has the COVID. Do you know who he is and why the media thinks it's so freaking awesome that that happened? We can talk about that coming up. And the drug that he's taking now that he's... Got the COVID is so controversial, and I don't quite get that either. So we'll talk about all that on the way. Um, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong. 
Washington Post with another pretty harsh editorial piece about uh, Joe Biden and what they're saying about Afghanistan and the reality. So we'll get to that a little bit later. I'm thinking about doing a slip and fall in the lunchroom. So I just went down and told Hanson, you're going to hear me yelling. And I'd like it if you ran down with like your phone on and uh-huh. uh, like got video of me laying there in the puddle of water by the coffee machine. I'm going to not know your name, probably. And uh, then I need a lawyer. Yeah, I will uh, be happy to testify. I'm going to uh, call my lawyer. Yes, I'm going to call my lawyer. Ghana, right. Ghana. That's right. Um, I'd be happy to testify for a reasonable fee. Just a little cut of your winnings. Sure, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think where the cameras pointed in the lunchroom would see that spot. So I think I'd be all right. Just needs well, to hear oh, me screaming. Oh, that's perfect. Right. So then you you do the slip and fall there, slipping, Jimmy. And then you roll into the camera view. Oh, God, it hurts. Uh, and if you went perfect. around and interviewed people, if the lawyers come here, you know, they come around and interview and they say, was there, was there often a puddle of water in the lunchroom? Yeah, all the time. So, yeah, I, I think I'm in good shape here. I just got oh, yeah. to pretend to hit my head. Uh, or actually hit my head. That's fine. I'll take a little bruise. <laughs> it's never done you any good. No. Um, have you seen the video of the rain uh, where they're playing the U.S. Open tennis match there in the in the building? That's incredible. That's with the roof closed. That's what it looked like in the tennis stadium. That's wow, how I haven't windy. seen that. Oh, it's incredible. Let's post that at armstrongandgetty.com. Hanson, find it. They got three inches of rain in an hour. The actual, the worst rain they've ever had, or most rain they've ever had. I guess worse is a judgment call, and I shouldn't make that. <laughs> but the most rain that they've ever had in New York at one time. So, uh, Joe Rogan is the most popular podcaster in America, I think, maybe in the world. And I've never really heard his podcast. Not not that I have anything against him. I just, just haven't. But um, apparently, well, I don't know to what extent he's been not believing in COVID or not believing in vaccines or testing or any of that sort of stuff. I, uh, I've seen people saying that the portrayal of that is inaccurate also. But he's yeah, in. his podcasts are hours long, too. So, I mean, unless you uh, listen to the whole thing, he might start with one opinion and have it evolved in, in the day-long conversation. Yeah, and from what I can tell, he's all over the map with, with various things. You know, he liked Trump about this, he liked Bernie about that. In, in effect, he's more like normal human beings are than uh, the, the made-up version that you see often on TV and radio, which I think is probably one of the reasons his podcast is so successful. Yeah, he's been skeptical of various COVID policies to the point of being a little wacky, in my opinion. Just just to give you a description. But it's the eye of the beholder, of course. But so he um, he tested positive for COVID. And, of course, the media just goes crazy. Anytime any governor or politician of any kind or, or, or celebrity who was anti-vaccine or anti-mask or anything gets COVID. I don't get your glee over this. For one thing, I... Well, it's it's just weird all the way around. And and they always treat it like, and now he has COVID. They always treat it like, as I tweeted yesterday, they always treat it like he's it's been announced he's got stage four pancreatic cancer. This guy, Joe Rogan, is 50-some years old and in excellent shape. He'll be fine, almost guaranteed. It's not mm-hmm. that big a deal. And, there's and also, it's not ironic. He was aware there was a risk. Yeah, it's not ironic at all. Him, him, Anybody who doesn't want to wear a mask or get the vaccine is saying, I don't care if I get it. I'm not worried about it. So when they do get it, that's not proof of anything, you morons. But anyway, there's this drug, drug ivermectin that's been getting so much attention for the last couple of weeks. 
and I and I don't I just don't pay attention to these stories anymore because they're always so much crap. But I just it's just been filtering into my head, even though I try to keep it away, that dumb right wing Trump supporters are taking this drug that's designed for horse worms because they're so stupid. And the late night comedians have been making jokes about it. And Bill Maher made a joke about it and everything like that. Byron York York tweeted this out yesterday. It's such weird commentary on CNN that I'm watching right now, assuming that ivermectin is not effective against COVID. Okay, fine, maybe it isn't. But it is a treatment for tropical diseases that have saved millions of human lives around the world. The developers of it won the Nobel Prize. Why are we acting like this is crazy for someone to want to try it? And Joe Rogan is now trying that very drug. Right. Now, there you should not go to your vet, pretend it's for your horse, and take that dosage, unless you're 1,100 pounds. That's uh, th- a different uh, dosage, and, and I believe a slightly different formulation for humans, but it's the same drug. If you finish in the, at least the top five in the Kentucky Derby, <laughs> you can go ahead and take it. Yeah, but just, so, but am, am I right? It's been portrayed in the media as, is dopes taking horse medicine. Right. People so stupid, conservatives, that they're taking horse medicine. It's it's a real medicine ignoring, yeah. that millions of people have taken around the world, saving millions and millions of lives, and yeah, it's a real drug. So, yeah, settle yeah. down. So ugly, so tribal. It's not a good look, America. Well, and there's just as much information on this side of any issue as there is on that side of any issue. So, quit acting like all the misinformation comes from one side, you lying bastards. Yes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What this secret does mean. I'm talented, I'm cool, I'm powerful, okay? Mm-hmm. What this secret does not mean. <laughs> I'm pregnant or in danger. Drum roll. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm a stripper! As in I pulled really? it. <laughs> so first you might be thinking, why? It's a sex-positive environment, and I can express myself safely. It's a performance, the theatrics, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate you being forthright. The hell was that? That was a woman explaining with a PowerPoint to her parents that she's a stripper. Oh, boy. <laughs> As you see from this slide, I have two breasts. <laughs> So coming up, we'll probably get to this in hour three. I don't know, maybe next next segment would be good for it. Um, somebody dug up some uh, stuff from a book that Joe Biden said about Afghanistan quite a few years ago that is really interesting in light of what has happened over the last several weeks. Like really years ago, like the 1950s or just, you know, several years ago? Uh, well, I think he was arguing for this when he was uh, vice president under Obama. All righty then. Okay. So there are so many things we want to touch on. This is not Joe closes his tabs, but it's a little bingo, bango, bongo. We both got a bunch of stuff to talk about, so we're going to move fairly swiftly. I found this story kind of interesting because I'm a football fan, but just as a human being, I think it's interesting. The NFL Players Association has their incredibly manly panties in a bunch after Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer said that vaccination status factored in the team's roster decisions. 
Hmm. He was he was talking about a handful of players, including defensive end Josh Allen, who missed one week because of protocols. He's not vaccinated. He doesn't have the Wuhan lab fever, but because he was exposed, he had to drop out for a week. So what Urban Meyer was saying, essentially, was that if I got two guys who are roughly equal, one of them's vaccinated, so there's no way I lose him for a week just because he's exposed. Or And, and I don't know the exact protocols, but... Um, and I got another guy who's unvaccinated. He's a bigger question mark. He's less. He's more likely to miss time. So makes I'm taking the vaccinated yeah, guy. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense in the real world. But in that childlike, it's not fair way, the NFL Players Association has launched an investigation. I think uh, what you're going to find with your investigation is that's a perfectly reasonable attitude. No, it's like Nazi Germany making people show their papers. A quick Afghanistan-related note, there are still quite a few private citizens and congresspeople who are trying desperately to get people out of Afghanistan. They're being actively opposed by the State Department and the Department of Defense, which I find interesting. Uh, Here's your Oklahoma congressman, Mark Wayne Mullen. He's tried to make his way into the country twice to get out a constituent and her four children, an American citizen. Um, at one point, he was in Tajikistan. He called the U.S. ambassador. He said, look, I got more money than I'm supposed to to leave Tajikistan because I'm going to hire a helicopter and get these people out. And the ambassador said, I'm sorry, we can't make any exceptions to the rules and regulations. So he tried again a different way. Department of Defense told him, stop, you can't do it. Wow. So I, 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 I understand there's some interest in not having a bunch of American citizens go gallivanting into Afghanistan and have to get rescued. On the other hand, you have guys like this congressman. You have special forces, former special forces guys who fought with some of the Afghans. You have uh, people knowledgeable in the region who are trying to do the hero thing. But as a country now, we're so wrapped up in rules and regs and the official channels that we're not only saying, okay, you do it, but you're on your own. No, we're saying you can't do that. We won't permit that. Forget it. You know, those people will stay in Afghanistan until you can learn to follow the rules, son. I just, I don't like it. I don't like the feel of it. I don't like this. It's catching on around the country. Uh, now in New York City, Mayor de Blasio is wanting to do away with honor rolls in schools. Ah, yes. More of this diseased thinking. Yep. An effort to ban honor rolls. The new guidance warns that recognizing student excellence via honor rolls and class rank can be detrimental to learners who find it more difficult to reach academic success. Even grades can negatively influence future student performance. So any grades at all could be negative. Wow. They want to emphasize, quote, contributions to the school or wider community and demonstrations of social justice and integrity. Oh, boy. Staff should eliminate practices that penalize students who have been marginalized based on their race, culture, language, and or ability. Ability? Ability. (laughs) (laughs) So you're being marginalized on your race, culture, and language. I doubt that's happening as much as you claim. Being marginalized on their ability? That's what life is. That's pretty much what life is from the get-go. Certainly, the older you get. I realize it's it's bordering on clicheville, but uh, everybody gets an A, everybody gets a trophy, uh, nobody fails. We're not going to keep score, in fact, in sports because that can really make people who are bad at sports feel you know bad about themselves. That that sort of kind of you know kindergarten intellect 
can't deal with the realities of the world thing. Those people don't understand what damage they're doing. The One of the most important things, well, the most important lessons you learn in life is what you're not good at. So you don't waste your time on them anymore. And if you're not an academic rock star, you shouldn't have some activist principle telling you everyone has the right to go to college. Everyone should go to college. You're not cut out for it. Or, go find what your talents are. I've had two experiences in my life, and I think most people have uh, when you run into that sort of thing, is either I'm not cut out for this. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not good at it. I'm not ever going to be good at it. Or I think I can do this. I didn't try hard enough. I need to try yeah. harder, and I can yeah. do this. Um, and I've Boy, had both of those experiences. Denying people those incredibly beneficial life lessons and experiences is incredibly cruel in my mind. So the, It's like keeping your kid in a cage with a tarp over it so they can't see reality. Jeez, that's awful. Um, <laughs> well, what they're doing is friggin' awful, man. So I think it's utterly cruel. So my question is, do they believe this crap or is it some sort of manipulating the uh, standards thing? That if you don't have to have grades, you don't you, you you can't fail as a teacher or a school. So I mean, is this like a teachers union keep employed, keep the money coming thing, or is this an ideology? They actually believe this crap that they're so they're going to send kids out of school who get a thumbs up on contributions to school or the wider community and demonstrations of social justice and integrity. And I, as an employee, are going to hire them because I understand you contributed to your school and social justice. I won't worry about whether you're capable of reading or writing or doing math for this job. Right. That's the idea. In answer to your question, it's the usual answer with these things. You have the evildoers. The teachers' unions, for instance, that are intentionally eliminating all standards so they can never be appraised. And then you have the useful idiots, the ideologues who just think that sounds wonderful and rosy and will lead us to a utopia, and they enthusiastically support uh, that sort of thing. Oh, which reminds me, speaking of hiring, so I got word the other day, and I'm surprised it took this long, but several days ago, uh, a week at least, a house on my street got uh, burgled. And uh, we don't have a lot of crime where I am. It's just it's just the sort of place where, I don't know, we don't have a lot of crime. Um, turns out the pool guy next door to this burgled house saw the couple leaving and thought in the next house, oh, a little low-hanging fruit there. Don't mind if I do. Looks like a little burglins in order. And so this pool cleaner guy burgles the house. Turns out he's awaiting trial on armed robbery charges. But he's out on the street because of the vid. Mm. And apparently, uh, this is a guess because I haven't talked to the, the pool company in question, who I will not name. They're so desperate to hire anybody to squirt chlorine in your pool, they hired a guy who's awaiting trial on armed robbery charges <laughs> and or... Oh, California law, that's right. You're not allowed to ask questions like that anymore. You're not allowed to ask about arrests and convictions. So, hmm. Wow. Wow. So you got armed freaking robbers cleaning pools in your neighborhood. So Fabulous. I haven't been to your neighborhood. I'm assuming you stole something like dressage saddles or something like that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Dressage saddles, gold bars. <laughs> Gold bars. <laughs> Silk upholstered sofas. What are those expensive eggs things? The like, Oh, the uh, Fabergé eggs? Yeah. Just the dozens yeah. of Fabergé eggs. That's what they stole. Well, he wasn't going to get them mine because mine are locked in the trunk of my Rolls Royce. <laughs> so, <laughs> good luck, pool boy. Keeps them safe from everyone.
Yeah. You know, we talked about this earlier. Maggie Haberman uh, retweeted this, so she apparently thinks these numbers are true. The Wall Street Journal story today, the majority of the interpreters and other U.S. visa applicants were left behind in Afghanistan. So all those numbers, the Biden administration still, even today, I was looking up at uh, what they're doing today in their press conference, still touting over 100,000 people, greatest airlift in human history, Blah, blah, blah. That's all true, except that the people you got out aren't the people that everybody was talking about getting out. You didn't get out all of the U.S. citizens, and you didn't get out the majority of the interpreters and other people that helped us in the war over the last 20 years. You not only didn't get them all out, the majority of them are still there. So your spinning of this story is way off. And I wish more of the media would catch on to that or or challenge them more on that. You don't get to say, hooray for us. We got 100,000 people out when you left behind. I don't know what the number is. 50,000 Afghans who helped us in our efforts and might be killed over the coming weeks and months by the Taliban. That is nothing to crow about Biden administration. Right. That reminds me, there have been a couple of funny movies that had similar scenes where there's a, a, a play that opens or something like that. And because they're getting no crowds, they will, will pay bums and junkies and drunks and whoever else to come into the theater and just sit there. So it looks like there's a crowd. Well, it became clear they couldn't get the Americans out effectively. They couldn't get our friends out effectively. So they just, you know, imported anybody they could to fill up the planes. Uh, by the way, uh, coming up, an uh, account of what it was like there at and outside the airport as they were trying to figure out who was who. Utter chaos. And we got to do that uh, stuff that Joe Biden said from a book that has been out for a while, but somebody dug this up and now it's making the rounds. It's worth hearing about his attitudes on Afghanistan. It kind of explains why he did what he did. We'll get to that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see if you're coming out of your show for a while. As you know, President Biden recently called for COVID-19 booster shots at eight months after vaccination. Then he cut it to six months and now is saying that it'll be five months. Well, yesterday, two top FDA regulators resigned in protest, saying Biden refused to seek the agency's input in the planning. I don't know why they're angry. Biden's decision making has been pretty spot on lately, I think. Now, keep in mind, these FDA regulators are the same people who gave the green light to macaroni and cheese flavored Oreos and Mountain Dew toothpaste. So it's extremely hard to make them resign in disgust. <laughs> yeah, the, that's, the, that's pretty good. The booster shot situation worries me because there's just so much money at stake. The decision uh, to, yes, we need booster shots or no, we don't need booster shots is billions and billions of dollars. I mean, you know how hard you would lobby to get that approved that you need booster shots for everybody? Yeah, yeah. I I have a feeling it is at some point a legitimate thing. I have a, a booster feel, shot. I, but, I would guess it is too, but you can't deny that there are billions of dollars on the line. Yeah, there ought to be a presumption of suspiciousness. Yes. That's what I'm yeah, doing. I'm presuming, presumably suspicious. Have you seen any of the videos of the Taliban marching around with all our stuff? And showing it off. Oh, yeah. Planes, trucks, all kinds of diff stuff. This one's new. Disturbing display on state radio television. Well, is it radio or television? Of the Taliban's arsenal of suicide vests, 
car bombs and roadside bombs, lethal weapons for the Taliban um, that they got from us. I mean, it's all our equipment. And they used that sort of stuff to murder thousands of Afghan civilians, including women and children, over the last 20 years. Yeah. And we just to gave see them those more. guys marching around in American style uniforms with American style gear. It uh, was disturbing. Right. They even got a Black Hawk helicopter briefly off the ground yesterday. Well, I hope it returned to ground in a hurry. Like, too fast. But anyway, uh, this is uh, interesting to me. Stay tuned, by the way. We got an email that may have explained the Bidenese, the particular uh, twisted language of Joseph R. Biden. True international over depression. So stay tuned for that. Uh, uh, WAPA with a really interesting report um, about what it was like at the Kabul airport. Uh, quoting now, U.S. consular officials waded into massive and increasingly desperate and belligerent crowds of Afghans outside the Kabul airport, searching for familiar faces or valid documents. They sent private instructions and authorization to Americans and allied citizens and to eligible Afghans, only to see those messages become useless as they suddenly appeared on the phones of thousands pushing toward the gates. So somehow somebody hacked, reproduced, or whatever the official communications from our people, and suddenly everybody had the official text on their phone. Wow. That's just the beginning of the complexity that the Marines and, and, and other soldiers and, and naval officers were dealing with there on the ground um, when the, the suicide bomb went off. Anyway, Afghan entrepreneurs sold bogus access to other Afghans and then tried to lie or bully their way inside. Taliban fighters manning perimeter checkpoints got conflicting orders from their chains of command or made up their own rules for who got through. Person by person, point by point. I'm sure. Senior senior State Department officials said Wednesday, everybody who lived it was haunted by the choices we had to make in people we were not able to help. Ah, uh, da, 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 da. Veterans and other groups seeking to extract particular Afghans have called Biden feckless, a liar, or worse. Um, uh, where was the other part I wanted to share with you? Uh, senior officials have acknowledged it should have started earlier and could have been better, even as they placed whatever blame the current administration may shoulder on the backs of two decades of unsuccessful U.S. policy. We've heard that, too. Um, so, long story short, the and and the capacity for human beings to do this is almost cool except it resulted in horrific deadly chaos the minute anybody figured out how people were getting into the airport entrepreneurs quote unquote developed and distributed fraudulent documents seals uh, uh, smartphone displays whatever and it became impossible to figure out who was who right Unbelievable. So, how and why did this happen? I think we have a better idea now. Do you know who Richard Holbrook is? He was a diplomat, and uh, according to DC types, he was a legendary diplomat, and he served multiple presidents over many decades. North Korea, Iran, just all, all the big stories of the many past decades, Richard Holbrook was involved. A pompous ass, in my opinion. He was always on Charlie Rose, and... Just it couldn't have been more full of himself. But anyway, his diaries came out several years ago. He's dead now. He died a while back. But his diaries came out years ago. But somebody pointed out this part, um, and he was writing in his diary. He was uh, working in the Obama administration, and he's in a meeting about Afghanistan uh, with Hillary Clinton and others. And this is from Richard Holbrook's diaries. Joe Biden took the position. Now, this is years. He wrote this years before any of this stuff happened. 
Joe took the position, plain and simple, that we have got to get out of Afghanistan. Um, we wouldn't give a blah, 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 about the women going back to the Stone Ages and all that sort of stuff. He didn't care. He said that ain't going to happen. He said, he's, he's, he told me, I don't understand politics, he said to the diplomat. You don't understand politics. He said, we're facing a debacle politically. He said, we're going to lose the presidency in 2012 if unemployment remains high and Afghanistan was the other issue that could pull us down. And we have to be on our way out. We have to do what we did in Vietnam. This shocked me, and I commented immediately that I thought we had a certain obligation to the people who had trusted us in Afghanistan. He said, F that. We don't have to worry about that. We did it in Vietnam. Nixon and Kissinger got away with it. But there are larger strategic consequences, he, he said here. What are they? I, and I tried to outline them. He clearly thought I was mouthing some kind of right-wing crap, and it got quite intense. So he told wow. Richard Holbrook, F that. Nixon and Kissinger did it. You just get out. You'll get over it. The politics will be fine. We need to worry about You don't understand the politics of this. We're going to lose the next election if we don't get out of Afghanistan. Interesting. I'd is say that being practical, or is that uh, Captain Compassion being awfully cold-hearted? I think some of both. But uh, clearly, he had made the decision years ago that there is there would be a small political price to play, pay briefly for an ugly ending. And that, that nobody would pay attention after that, and you got to get out. Mm, wow, wow. Oh, by the way, speaking of senile old liberals, did you hear what Dan Rather said about uh, leaving Afghanistan? No. One of one of the just absolutely king hell stupidest things I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, really an achievement in stupid. Good stuff. Coming up next segment. King hell Armstrong and Getty.